I have that mindset too, you know, hey, get in there and just do it on your own. But really finding that company, that property management company or that friend or that local that knows when it has experience in this short-term rental market, don't have to do it alone. Don't have to just go in there blindfolded. A lot of people have been able to do it and be successful with it. Finding that management company that you could, you know, contact and just ask five questions and see, hey, what's the best way to do it? Or going online and researching what's the best strategies for getting your property up and running? What should I furnish it with? What are the guest essentials that I'll need to have in our property to make sure my guests are having a great time? Maybe it's not a what not to do. Maybe it's a what to do. <laughs> Welcome to the Hospitality Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Turk. Join me as we dive into the personal stories of some of the world's best hospitality professionals. We follow the journey of their ups, downs, and wild turns to find out what it truly takes to make it in the amazing world of hospitality. This episode is brought to you by our podcast partners at Real-Time Reservation. Their inventory management system is best in class for hotels and resorts to manage their non-room inventory. The web-based application allows for creative upselling of overnight and daytime visitors with add-ons and pre-planned packages. Hotel guests and non-guests can reserve cabanas, pool chairs, activities, amenities, excursions, events, day passes, and much more. The real-time reservation platform offers a fully integrated pre-arrival portal where guests are verified through the property management system. Guests can prepay for cabanas and activities through credit card integrations, which are then processed through point of sale. All of our listeners that might be interested in using real-time reservation are welcome to explore the demo at realtimereservation.com. Once again, that's realtimereservation.com. All right. Welcome to the first episode of the Hospitality Mentor. I'm excited to have on the show today a good friend of mine, Victor Feria, founder of Tangy Management and now a partner of mine in Tangy Management. I'm excited to have you on the show, man. I'm excited to be here as well and mostly, you know, happy to have a platform for uh, people like me and yourself as well in the hospitality industry. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, man. Look, we keep this casual. I've known you a long time, so for right. the audience, I met Victor when, was it 2016? 2016. So I, used, I used to own my own company called Vita Hospitality, and a young Victor Feria came walking in <laughs> looking for a job, looking to get out of hotels, and I had just left too to start a staffing company, and that's how we met. But you know, I never really knew your story at Trump Hotels, where you worked before. Right. I just want to know for myself more than anything, is yeah. how did you start there? What ended up happening? Right. Really stumbled into it. I started all through a summer job, casual 16 year old wanting a little summer job to pick up extra cash. I was doing a lot of sports. Baseball was my first passion and really where I was headed. But then from a summer job, it just went into really loving it, hospitality and the whole service of it. What was the first job? It was at a driving range. So, so you're at the at driving Trump, range? At the driving range at Trump National Doral, collecting balls and helping anybody, all the, the people that were coming into uh, to practice. So that's kind of uh, how it all piggybacked or started, really. And then I tore my ACL, good old-fashioned uh, baseball <laughs> injury, like everyone else in a sense. And then really I couldn't do as much activity as I wanted to. They found me a space into the front office. So that's where... Really, the service experience and, and all of my learning came from. I was right behind or being mentored by 
a great friend of mine. Her name is Charlotte. She's still at, at Trump. She's a director of rooms there. Yeah, I know Charlotte um, well. Charlotte, right. So she mm-hmm. really took me under my wing. We wanted to start a, a hotel that didn't have a VIP service, in a sense. So we wanted to start the first VIP service for the Trump here in Miami. And it was called Attaché. So I was selected for the job. And, and then ever since, you know, it's just building my curiosity from then. So it's been an interesting one. And that's really where it all took off. So from front desk, how long were you like that transition? I always love hearing that part, right? So you were summer job, ball boy on the golf course, right? The guys that everyone <laughs> right. tries to hit when you're doing exactly, exactly. I took a couple of those. <laughs> nice. And then you go to front desk. How long were you at front desk? So I was in the front desk for about a, a year and a half before I started into the VIP service at Attaché. And then from there, when everything got off the ground and we added a couple more people into the department, I wanted to try my hand into the supervisory role. So I was a supervisor of all of the front drive. So Bellman, Ballet in that sense. And I mean, it was a great time. I loved it. So what was VIP services like? I've never worked that area. So I come yeah. from a food and beverage background, like you know, okay. but what's VIP services like? Because I've always wondered, you know, I know like fulfilling the amenities and taking care of that stuff. Right. What was it like working day to day and actually starting it up? So a lot of coordination, a lot of coordination, a lot of foreseeing really what guests were coming in, which ones were deemed VIP. We would go through big, large guests to see who were the, or categorize the people that were coming in to categorize them as VIPs. It could be either owners of companies, owners of big groups that were coming in house, celebrities, et cetera, you name it. Mm -hmm. So we were looking into that and then doing a lot of coordination and communicating with those guests beforehand or their assistants to see, to learn a little bit more about them, what are their likes, their dislikes, you know. Sometimes we, we find some interesting things about guests and that's where you really have the chance and opportunity to go above and beyond and create that experience as far as VIP ex- experience for the hotel. It was interesting, learned a lot. And, and like I said, we were able to create a team there and that was my first supervisory position and leading a team there. Was there anything that really like stood out, like one of those crazy stories, good or bad, that's still in your head that you're like, man, that was a wild story from VIP. And you don't have to get uh, anyone in trouble now. But no, no, not at all. And they're probably still they're probably still guests of Trump also. So whatever goes gets uh, to 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 my old colleagues there, they'll know exactly what what I'm saying. But it was a guest that's a repeat guest. She would come in, been there for like 20 years, and she was actually the assistant to somebody that would come in and spend a long time. So we would block out like two, three rooms for them for mm-hmm. months in, in time, and they would just have these really not ordinary requests. Miami, in a sense, like, just to give you an example, Miami, in a sense, we have a lot of mosquitoes. The property within itself didn't have any like screens or any mosquito screens or any mosquito tents or nets over their, their beds. They yep. like to sleep with the, with the doors open. Mm-hmm. So we had to build all of this for them. It was a challenge in a sense. It was not part of the hotel. It was not part of the, the amenities that we offered. Uh, wow. So putting that together and a lot of her interesting requests in a sense was one of those memorable ones, but, you know, very appreciative. Those are the, the guests that you really like to help and assist because they're thankful. They they know everything that you're kind of doing. In a sense, it's above and beyond for them. So that appreciativeness towards you really helped in, in, in facilitating all the requests. So not too crazy of a story. Uh, you know, probably no, keep, it, keep, it, keep it PG there. But you know what? It explains a lot about you and we'll get into this more, but it makes sense of why now and tangy yours goes so far above and beyond for guests right right, right. but i'm like shocked at how you create things for yeah, them that was, that was a foundation. I don't even think about so that's good to know i see right learn something to do about you today man all right you're in vip you're continuing the journey where do you go after that in the hotel so right after that i wanted to kind of experience 
more of the the operations or more of the the sales and marketing and and different wings of the hotel. I just really wanted to be all knowledgeable about a hotel and how it runs. So I wanted to try my hand in the sales department. So mm-hmm. that's where I went into next. So I, I had a leisure coordinator role over at the sales department, specifically handling uh, smaller groups that were coming out either to golf or had an interest in, in, in fashion with a lot of our streetwear that we were promoting at the hotel. And just specifically showing them prehent what the hotel was all about, coordinating any, any special instructions with the guest and himself. And really, that's where I learned uh, a big part of the verbiage and the communication with VIP and getting groups in. And mm-hmm. really assisting those big groups that were spending a lot of into the hotel. So that's where it took on. Interesting enough, it was a time where our ex-president Trump took over. And there was a lot of uncertainty in that sense and that hotel at that point. And really, I was really trying to go and, and move and grow. But I, I gathered that it was going to take some time, especially with all the uncertainty at that time. On? With what was going on politically <laughs> and everything going on with this candidacy. Interestingly. Inly enough, eight, nine months into working with that, I knew I wanted to dabble into something else. And that's where you guys where reached met. out. Yeah, yeah. Where, where we met. So that's interesting. It's perfect timing, right? Yeah, that's true. Everything happens for a reason. But, you know, I'm mm-hmm. curious because I love when people make big changes, right? Like I right. came through food and beverage and learned like the pool and room service and restaurants. Right. And you were doing front office and then made a big change, right? Like into the sales world. What was that like? What was like the first thing you remember? Wow, this is way different or no, this is pretty much the same. Was there something that stuck? Yeah, I mean, really what stuck out is in a sense, the, like I mentioned, the communications towards the client within itself was a lot different. It was more creating a personable environment for the guests of future groups that were coming in to make them feel welcome and trust, you know, trustworthy of choosing our hotel in that sense. A lot mm-hmm. of communication with, with guests in a sense where very formal. Um, not saying that it wasn't formal before, but you right. know, you still maintain that guest service communication. Now it's, hey, how's your family? You know, how's how are your kids? How are your pets? Are you bringing your pets? So it's more of that personal, creating that uh, personal touch with them, and that's really where where it changed. It was now getting out of that guest service zone to yep. now being into the sales environment of creating those relationships and those lasting memories for those groups. That's cool. So really building relationships. So right, right. Yeah, you got some good training on both, right? Customer service, Absolutely. how to go above beyond it, learning how to sell and, right. and the sales department. Yep. And then our paths crossed. So for the audience, I had left Trump National Doral. I worked there from 2012 to 2014, started a staffing company motivated by what I saw at Trump National Doral because we were using right. staffing companies, grew it. And then two years in, I needed more help. And I was asking my team at the time, like, who should we bring on? And multiple people on the team, right, said, we got to interview this guy, Victor Feria. He's got some interest. I was like, oh, <laughs> Victor Feria, let's meet this guy. What got you interested in coming out of the hotel, right? Because you were there from the beginning, 16 years old, moving up into sales. What got you interested in hopping out and joining a staffing agency in, of all things? What got you interested in that? Right. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting one because in a sense, at a hotel, a lot of the things are in a sense already created for you. There's mm-hmm. already standards and things built in place. So if you want something simple as far as some content to send out to one of your clients, you know, you just go to the marketing department and ask for it. They'll have it all already there. You know, stepping out of that comfort zone as far as like the hotel and, and everything you built your foundation in was in the hotel uh, sense. I wanted to start dabbling, you know, 
seeing what else is out there, getting that small business mindset, starting something, becoming something with the company and growing something with the company. It's always what I've really liked and yearned for. So that spiked my interest right away. And, and to be mm-hmm. honest, also, uh, Steve, uh, I asked, uh, asked around in the hotel also about uh, some feedback about you. So and yeah. everything they said was amazing. Obviously, you have to when finding a new opportunities, you have to entrust your peers and then also with what you're you're getting into. So that helped me a lot. You had great uh, feedback from all the colleagues back then here at, oh, yeah. at the firm. I'm surprised it didn't scare yeah. you away. No, you know? no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, great, great feedback. Oh, cool. So then we got you on the team. What was, right. again, the biggest surprise there, right? Because I'm sure it was a little bit of a culture shock going from very structured to joining me two years in where I was learning how to run a business, right? What, did you, what was your first impressions of joining and jumping out of a hotel because a lot of people don't make that jump and are a little bit nervous. Like, what happened yeah. to you? No, absolutely. It's uh, and I could see where that fear and that you know that challenge would come into play when making a decision like that. Thankfully, you know, I had a good team and I had a, obviously our team at Vida, which was amazing, and they welcomed me in with huge open arms. Definitely saw you know basically at that point in a smaller uh, small company and building really getting something done. They really relies uh, on you in a sense. It's like mm-hmm. creating and basically seeing an opportunity or seeing a challenge and you being the person or the person who basically gets and creates that. So that's really what I liked. There wasn't really a sense of, hey, am I allowed to do this? Can I do this? It was mm-hmm. more of like, all right, this is a good opportunity for the company. I, I feel confident in getting this done. Let's go ahead and do this and push for this so we could continue growing the company. So that was one of the things that right away caught my attention and, and I was able to kind of change my mentality and change a way of thinking gearing into that. So I really enjoyed that. I thought it was something that I was not going to enjoy. Like you said, having everything already put in place at a hotel, but that was honestly my favorite part about it and what kind of set the fire, to be honest. That's awesome to hear, man. It's great to hear. So, you know, while we were there together, we stumbled into Airbnb, right? Because we started getting (laughs) a lot of phone calls, people who had Airbnbs looking for staff from our staffing agency, right? And Somehow or another, we all created a brand and just jumped into it without really knowing what to do, which is always exciting, right? Just we'll get in there and figure it out. But that was an exciting part of building the company. And you, and you were like the first one to jump in. You're like, I like this. I remember the conversation. You're like, Steve, I like this part of the business. Let me do more and more of it, right? So what got you into that part? What got you excited about seeing the Airbnb and short-term rental part of the business? Yeah, it's that's an awesome story. The first time that you brought that uh, that idea mm-hmm. on to me that, you know, hey, I'm here with a possible property, a, a beautiful villa over in the Coconut Grove area. And then you're like, I want to get this started. And I was like, all right, I have no experience in this. We know hospitality. We know how hotels work. I'm mm-hmm. sure we can migrate and get into that space fairly easy with our experience. But I knew it was going to be a challenge and I knew this was not something, this was something new in a sense because Airbnb created this new realm for vacation rentals. Florida has had or has seen this in the the past with a lot of the timeshares and that's nothing new in a sense, but this is creating a new type of guest that is, is really visiting Miami for the first time because of this platform. So it really caught my attention, the newness of it, especially also the conversations that I would have with people like, hey, what are you up to? What are you doing? You're in a staffing company. And I would tell them this interesting concept. Hey, we're going to start managing properties for, for owners that live all over the country. And they have properties just sitting here, not really producing much. And mm-hmm. the conversations were already right away super interesting. You have that conversation or you make that communication with someone. 
they're like, oh, I have a friend that has two properties that also would love that and was talked about it, but they don't have the time. So right. right away, I knew there was something there. And you knew that as well, getting into this. So that really caught my attention. And then not only that, just what I said earlier, I've started something new, being able to create something completely different in a space that there's probably at the time, like two, three other companies doing it. So like how we say, ride the wave. Let's, yeah. let's, get, on, let's get on board. <laughs> That's true. Part of the hardest thing I had to do when I was there was when we got the offer to sell the company. We had a big company mm-hmm. you know, out of New York come down and say, Look, we like the Vita brand. We like what you built. We really want to buy the company. And that was one of the hardest things for me. And I think I've shared a little bit with you. Right. But part of it was on my journey was I wasn't passionate about staffing. I realized right. I could do it really well, but it wasn't something I was passionate about. And so when this company out of New York came in to offer to buy us, it was like, man, we built something from scratch. Someone wants to buy it for a good amount of money. And it was a tough choice. But when I was making that choice, you resigned as I was selling, right? And you came and told me, he's like, Steve, I want to focus on Airbnb. This is my goal. This is what I love. And you jumped, right? And so I sold, right before I sold the company, you jumped out. And I was proud of you. I was like, man, this guy's going to go get it. So what was that jump like? Because now you went from growing in a hotel, coming into a small business, and now saying, all right, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. What was going right. through your head? Well, you made, you made that conversation sound a lot more casual than it was. I, my heart <laughs> was pounding, sweats, everything. <laughs> yeah, there was a, yeah. A, a couple of uh, restless nights there before making that decision. But, but yeah, it, it was a tough one that I was in a really special position in a sense. Obviously, you were selling the company and there was a, a lot of movement and a lot of change. And I really looked within in a sense, hey, do I want to? continue with a company that I know is going to continue growing uh, with new owners, or do I want to follow the footsteps that, you know, that you really mentored me and is taking that big leap, creating something from mm-hmm. scratch, putting something together that, that really will make a difference. And a lot of also that has to be credited with my family. I kind of already had the idea of possibly doing this, but really it was that, that foundation, that really uh, big backing and saying, Hey, this could be done. This was a dream of yours to be able to create something like that and manage a, your own business. This is an opportunity that doesn't come to a lot of people. So it's that, that what we were talking about, you know, that timing, and then also having that little bit of luck of being able to be presented something special. And then kind of just say, this is what I'm going to do. Do a lot of planning in, in, in the very beginning to create and make sure that this is something that could work and could really create means of income for yourself, for your family, for, for others that you bring on. And mm-hmm. that's when I said, all right, there's something here. Let me do it. Spoke to you about it. I got everyone's blessing, thankfully. And now we're here four years later. So really happy that I took that step and never looked back. And, and I have a strong belief too, to keep it short. And in a sense that when kind of your back is against the wall and when there's, you know, decision time is basically coming, that's when you make your best decisions in a sense. Mm-hmm. So I was faced with those two realities and I was like, what do I want to do? And I just said, hey, straightforward, 100%, want to go on this route. And I took that jump. That's awesome, man. So I remember yeah. being sad because I had, to stay I, was on. Too. I had to stay on with the company as part of the deal <laughs> and saw you hop off. Right. But you started off quick, right? And so it was good to see, right? Like right. you were able to get clients pretty much like off the bat. Like you were able right. to find clients and create your business. So what would you tell someone? They're looking to start a short-term rental business, Right. Right. from scratch, 
what would you tell them they have to do? How, how do they get started? First really thing that I did in, in my planning stages right beforehand was I knew that I wanted to create, in a sense, something something more branded, something more lifestyle sense in a way, creating that kind of what I learned from working with you and then also working at the hotels, specifically a lifestyle or branded hotel was mm-hmm. creating that image. So right away, the first thing I did was hired a, a person for SEO and a web developer. Those were two kind of my main things because I get gathering those leads and starting to bring in those clients was going to be really tough. And that's usually the toughest part of, in the business, right? Right. So I knew that, hey, if I wanted a strong brand and if I wanted to bring in a strong leads and get this ball rolling, I knew I wanted a really strong website presence and then an even better social media presence, specifically on Instagram. So those mm-hmm. are the two first people that I, I reached out to and then created our logo, created the, 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 the style and the web part of it. A lot of the verbiage also was created and helped with what we put together before. And it was a big help and a big jump to, no. to start right there. But I realized it seemed a little familiar when I saw the, yep. the first website. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a big part, SEO, man, as, uh, mm-hmm. as we know, creating the keywords and marketing channels to generate that really strong presence on Google searches and Yahoo searches and Bing searches. That's a big part of it. And that's where most of our leads started coming in from. And then word of mouth. They believed in our on our service. They believed in our brand. And really that was another big key factor, creating those first base or foundation of properties mm-hmm. and clients. And then from there, it just snowballed into what it is now. All right. You get started. You got your brand, right? You got everything going. You got your hand, first handful of clients. What was like the part where you're like, oh man, this is... A bigger challenge than I thought. Was there anything that popped up that first year? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I always laugh and joke saying back in the hotel, probably running a hotel in a sense, it's obviously a difficult task, but in a sense, it's much easier in a way because you have your owners of your property and people that you have to obviously report to. And that's one owner. It could be one or two, three owners, but now running multiple properties, you have completely different owners. When we're at 30, 40 properties, that means it's 15, 20, 30 owners that are completely different, have completely different standards and needs. And that was the toughest part in a sense, because it's basically you have those specific owners for those properties that you need to cater to, make sure that the properties and the standards of, of what they request or, or what mm-hmm. they envision the property. So I, that definitely was a, the, the more difficult part of it. Right. Yeah. So for everyone kind of listening, right, there's two different models there's a couple of models, but the two big ones are you either leasing your own properties or buying your own properties, or you're doing a management agreement with a, like a revenue share, right? Correct. Why choose that route? Why do the revenue share? What made that be your base to start with? Yeah, I mean, in a sense, I thought most mostly from the top end is the the risk factor. A lot of uh, the properties that we're, we're managing, when there's something that breaks or there's an issue in, in a sense of the property, we rely on the owner to handle that. As far as you go the other way around and you're doing master leasing and you're renting out uh, a property within itself, the owner has different expectations. They might say, hey, we need you to handle this or to tackle this cost. In a sense, also with the pandemic, that was a big hit to a lot of companies that using the master leasing model. There was no guest. We had a lot of cancellations. We had a lot of stoppage from the city and, and from the travel industry. So that affected them a lot. And, and then with us having that 20% service fee and that partnership really reduced the risk in a sense to our operations and to our company because mm-hmm. we didn't have that overhead. We didn't have those contracts in place of renting out the property for 12 years and us producing that rental income. So that really was, you know, what kind of helped us and really sustain the company 
throughout that hard time. And we got ahead from that. Yeah, I think it was a smart move for you doing it that way, right? It's a right. good way. You know, everyone does their business their way. I just think that it was a good way to protect yourself, especially with the ups and downs of what you actually got into, right? With COVID, right? right? Which we'll, we'll get to in a little bit. But first, you start building your team. We talked about how you, you started to really grow for your company, but you had to build a team around it, right? right. Choosing people can be challenging. How, how do you go about choosing people to join the Tangy team? Yeah, so that's a great question. A lot of it, and, and, and I say it now, three, four years, a lot of our core team is still with our team and it has stuck out through all the ups and downs and I'm super thankful for them. But really finding the, that person or those people that have similar mindset and have that fire to be able to grow something. If it's really difficult to grow a company with someone that just wants to be there for along for the ride for not the same reasons that you have in mind. But somebody that believes in, in your goal and what you're building and the in, in the future of it and help you along the way. Oh, I think a really good number two or a right hand to help you through all, all the ups and downs is, is super imperative and important. And that's one of the first things that was recommended to me or advised to me is just to find that, that number two, that second hand that will really help you and guide you mm-hmm. through it. So that's definitely the start and finding that core team to help you along the way obviously you know things will happen and things change but always being able to change with what's going on with what's current and that really helped us sustain and grow the company to what it is right now that's great no you know i think that's great advice for anybody yeah, to kind of hear is get a good number two and build the team that way because all in a small business everyone at the beginning is ultra important right so yeah. it's tough because one bad hire can cause a lot of damage right yeah and we all wear the different hats all those different hats are important especially when it's a small core company all right. So you start 2018, right? Correct. That, right. 2018. 2018. 2019, you're growing, right? And then beginning of 2020, we start hearing the the murmurs like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. what's this COVID thing coming over from China? Right. I saw it when I was back in hotels, right. right? And cancellations were starting to come a little bit in January, then more in February, then March 2020 yeah. was like, uh-oh. We hit the wall. Mm-hmm. So what was it like running a vacation rental company, March, 2020? What kind of hit you? What, what, yeah, I, 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 I haven't really talked to you about this. What was that like? No, I, I would see it in the news. I had family members are, Hey, are you hearing what's going on? But you know, since it was just so far away and you would never think something could travel like that, you really didn't have any idea as to, to foresee in the future. But I thought it was just something that was kind of just going to die down, never really going to any fruition and then we started slowly seeing it coming through Europe and then we started having the first issues here in, in the United States and really I was I would just tell all of our of our team hey it's gonna be okay it's gonna be fine I don't think it'll hit here in Miami South Miami Beach who's gonna stop coming here but then March one came around it was like a three-day four-day kind of craziness that just really just exploded in a sense one reservation canceled after one after another and that really just okay wow something is is definitely happening here i got a retreat just really forecast everything is not the same thing that was happening you know that we were forecasting for starting january it was going to be our strongest year so right away getting into the books and seeing all of your costs and really going into each one and seeing this this something that I truly need right now, is this something that I, I could probably, you know, hey, pause or cancel for the moment as far as like services and things that the company really didn't need to survive and to sustain. So that I think was really big key right away, trying to pause and cancel some subscriptions, maybe some services that that we that 
yeah, absolutely a created value to our guests. And I would love for, for each and every guest to this service or this value. But maybe it was an imperative to someone's travel. Maybe we should refocus it to something else. Maybe spending our money and your welcome tablet at the property that everybody could go in and make reservations at a restaurant. Maybe that was an imperative for our operations. Maybe right. we should use that money into focusing into the cleanings, mm-hmm. into focusing into the operations and making sure that every property that comes into or the guest, every guest that comes into our property feel like it's like their first time staying in our in a in a property going through all the disinfecting finding tips going online reading researching so that's really what what my mindset went into right Um, and i think like i got like i said you know when you're back against the wall you go into survival mode and all the ideas start coming in Um, that's true right because a lot of people didn't make it out that first couple months a lot of companies folded it and these like multi multi multi-million dollar raise companies didn't make it right and so it's really impressive to see like you hunkered down, got through the hard part. And then just from talking to you, right, is things got way better, right? Like all of a sudden Miami and Miami Beach became like the hot spots on the globe. I, said, I felt it in the hotel, right? And I'm sure you felt it. What did that feel like coming out of like the dark? moment and then coming up what was that like it was a huge sense of relief to be honest it's it was one of those like realizations that it's gonna be okay it's gonna be fine for those two three months that we were just in and pause really wasn't just three months or three months of just pause and not producing not creating anything that time was really you know well spent and it came back to me that time was really good reset that was a really good figuring awesome. out what are the next steps and what are the next changes so it was just a relief that everything was coming back um, and I couldn't be happier. So was the team. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's what I was so impressed with you. Is like, you came out strong and all, like, you know, we caught up like way down the road and we said, man, the properties are doing great. You're doing a great job. That's awesome. Yeah. That's stuck in my mind. Like, all right, I see people are going to be traveling like this more and more. Like, yeah, the hotel was busy, but I started seeing a lot of families traveling and it was all in vacation rentals. Right? And that's what stuck in my mind to how we ended up together again as partners, right? <laughs> Instead of now working for me, now kind of partners and okay. growing this was that, that yeah. part. Where do you see happening now, right? Where do you see vacation rental or term rental? Like where do you see Tangy fitting in? How do you see that going? Yeah, I mean, where I really see uh, the growth in this industry is coming a lot of from a lot of investors and a lot of people being open to this idea. A lot more people are being open and more, what's the word, inviting to the atmosphere. Back then, it was a little bit of a, a taboo in a sense to let people into your own home. But now mm-hmm. we're more and more, obviously, through financial reasons and it be becoming such a fruitful in- in- inversion for investors that basically now we're seeing more and more of a request or popularity in what we're doing. For us, as, as part of the company, we're trying to become a one-stop shop in that sense that hey, we're coming to us as an investor or just a property owner. We can go ahead and help you find the right property. We can go ahead and, and help you design uh, your own property. You don't have to worry about having to purchase prop- furniture, having to coordinate the furniture, build anything. We are, have been able to build a team of patricians, AC technicians, general contractors. So really becoming a one-stop shop in, in, in that sense and 
doing it all for the owner and having that service and that quality is really where we see ourselves differentiate from the pack and then also gearing towards that strong branding and then still creating that lifestyle brand and that lifestyle community to empower our owners and have more of a value towards the service that we're providing mm-hmm. and then the, the guests as well if you are on social media in one of our properties and have someone sitting in the hot tub and having a great time, you're going to want to come. You're going to want to come and enjoy and experience that. So I think that's where it's going to be set us apart and really help us uh, continue our growth. That's awesome. So you mentioned investors. Yes. Now let's say an investor comes to you for whether they're using our service or not. What is something you're going to tell an investor not to do? What do you tell them? Definitely don't do this. Yeah, there's uh, there's two 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 to three things that I would right away tell them, and really is learning your competitors, the area within itself. Firstly, you know, seeing where there's a bigger influx in an in inventory. Mm-hmm. And what we see here a lot is a lot of one bedroom, one bathroom, especially in, in condos or in smaller homes. There's right. a big influx in that right now. Specifically, you're also competing against other hotels, directly competing. So I always tell an investor, hey, maybe we should shy away from one bedroom, one bathroom studios or condos, et cetera, that usually are really expensive too, to begin with. And then secondly, also, you know- So just on that first one, you're saying because the studios and one bedrooms compete directly with the hotel, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So the competition is a lot stronger and and your rates will have to compete directly with the hotel. So you will mm-hmm. not be able to directly have the same rate as a hotel. You'll need to bring that down. And that obviously affects the investment in the sense. So Got it. Uh, that's definitely one. Um, one. Sec- yep. And then secondly, would definitely know your area, know the legalities of, of short-term rentals in that area mm-hmm. uh, to ensure that basically you're buying into a legal zone, a legal area that you're going to be able to have this property and manage this property and do Airbnb in this property for years to come. And that's several months. And then you get dinged or have a hard time continuing to have your doors open because yep. of any city issues. Or shut it down, right? I see people all the time, like they buy this place and they are like shocked when they can't do short-term rental because it's illegal. And, so. and, it, and it hurts me. It hurts me because um, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's investing in your first property. It's, it's hard. It's a difficult thing. You do a lot of research, a lot of back-end work, and you don't want to, all that time spent finding the right place and doing all of that uh, work. You don't want it to be shut down in the next two, three months just right. because you didn't know what zone the property was in. So I agree. Well, that, you have one, one last one. You had one more you said or no? Yeah. The, so the third one is in a sense of the service aspect. A lot of uh, owners and investors, you know, I, I have that mindset too. Hey, get in there and just do it on your own. But really finding that that company, that property management company or that friend or that local that knows when it has experience in this short-term rental market don't have to do it alone. Don't have to just go in there blindfolded. A lot of people have been able to do it and be successful with it. Finding that either the management company that you could you know, contact and just ask five questions and see, hey, what's the best way to do it? Or going online and researching what's the best strategies for getting your property up and running? What should I furnish it with? What are the guest essentials that I'll need to have in our property to make sure my guests are having a great time? That's definitely the third thing that I would probably strongly advise. Maybe it's not a what not to do. Maybe it's a what to do. <laughs> yeah, that's better, right? It's like what <coughs> right. to do, yeah. but also protect to yourself, do. right? This Protecting is what you yourself. need to know getting into it. But look, man, I think that's a great place to kind of wrap up. I love hearing the, your journey, right? Of starting okay. as on the golf course, collecting right. balls, learning front desk, really learning VIP where that makes a lot of sense to me is why you are probably one of the best I've ever seen at handling VIP guests and 
challenges that they present. You know, even <laughs> just for everyone out there, he was out there working at like 11 o'clock to raise the bed four inches for someone, which no, I thought was crazy. <laughs> and, and he did it. And this was like last month. So he's got that service in him. But I love hearing that journey working with me. I got to really appreciate your work and how hard you focus on your goals. And now to be partner with you in this endeavor, I know we're going to crush it and big things ahead for 2022. But where can everyone find you? Where can they connect with you? Is Instagram? Is it LinkedIn? Where where can people find you if they want to learn more from you? Yeah, both. We have our our Instagram page at uh, tangymanagement.com there, and you could reach us out directly through there. Or you could find me on LinkedIn as well. You could send me a direct message. I'll, I'll always be able to contact you. And then we could schedule some time to, to chat, to meet. You know, I never like to say no to to meeting another person or to be able to help or service or be of any assistance to someone else that really is in need. Because mm-hmm. all throughout the, along the way, when I needed the assistance and when I needed the help, I had people like you and friends and colleagues that never closed that door on me. Easy to find, easy to reach. And I'll definitely be there to give my two cents of assistance to anybody. I love it. Well, Victor <laughs> Feria of Tangy Management, I appreciate you being on the first episode of the Hospitality Mentor. So everyone find it on Apple, Spotify, all the major podcast platforms. We'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.